0: All right. Well, thanks for being here. It's good to see um, everybody um, in those things. We were talking about the doctrine of the church, and uh, we want to ask the question, well, what is the mission of the church? What is the mission of the church? Um, When you look at the mission of the church, um, a lot of people will um, take one verse and say, this is the mission of the church, and take that verse, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That is a strong, strong statement. That is the great, great commission. Um, But does that encompass the entire mission? Um, Or is there more of of a mission that um, is there um, that is in the Word of God that um, can be unfolded if we look at the Word of God? So um, as we're looking at Scripture, uh, you will see that at the very end of your notes, block the mission into four different things. uh, But before we go into the four different areas, let's just expand through Scripture and grab a whole bunch of Scripture to try to understand what's going on. And as we take all these things, we can come up with the last, well, this is the mission of the church that prayerfully and hopefully encompasses everything. So if you want to understand the mission of the church, number one, to understand the purpose of the church, um, look at what? Christ's ministry on earth. Um, Christ came and did a ministry on earth. If you watch him specifically with what he did, how he spoke, and what he put on people, that would give us a direction of what the church's uh, purpose and mission would be. Um, So let's just look at a couple areas of Christ giving um, instructions to the people. Uh, Number one, the salt of the earth um, is an instruction explaining that this is what you are as a Christian. Uh, this is what you are as a church. You are the salt of the earth. Matthew five thirteen. You are the salt um, of the earth. So we can think of, what is the salt of the earth? If you lose your saltiness, then the earth wants absolutely nothing to do with you. So if you think about, if we're the salt of the earth, what do we have to be? We have to be attractive that we have something. Something big. Something huge. When we look at um, football, and Sunday football, there's a lot of football games that take place. And we look at TV and we see everybody in the stands, and everybody in the stands is only about a third of the people that are observing football. Um, Thousands of people watch football on TV, thousands of people watch football in the stands. Football is an all-consuming day specifically for people um, in America. But if you look at all the people who show up for football or watch anything with football, that number is nothing compared to people that attend church on that Sunday. There is more people, and what I mean by more people, is that there is four times the amount of people that attend church than to watch football even on a Sunday. Why? We think football is exciting, we think football is good, but there is something else out there that people are hungry for. What is that? What is that something else that people are hungry for? Of uh, the, the item it, that it is is salvation. We're hungry to understand who God is. We're hungry to understand where we came from. We're hungry to understand what our purpose is. So what are we doing? We're showing up to where? The church for the purpose of trying to explore all purposes in life, to explore everything in life. Jesus is saying, you are the salt of the earth. Make sure you don't lose that taste. What is that saying? We are supposed to take the message that we have that the world is naturally hungry for. Uh, Letter B, we are the light of the world. Matthew 5.13, you are the light of the world. That is what the church is. What does that verse mean? What's taking place is that we are light shining into a dark world in a sense that what we are proclaiming the one thing that we talked about last week is a salvation message, and where Jesus is, there is no darkness that takes place. there is complete re- freedom and forgiveness of sin. We live in a world that is dark, and we are the light that should be shining um, in the world. Okay, number two, to understand the purpose of the church, and we're going to go through these rather fast because we want to kind of get down to the, the bottom, uh, kind of the heart of thing. To understand the purpose of the church, look at the images and names of the church. What are some images and names? What do they call a church, a body? Uh, what does that mean? Is that going to give us the direction um, of our purpose? Um, absolutely, it's going to give a direction of our purpose. 1 Corinthians twelve twelve says, For even as the body is one, and yet as many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. What does a body do? A body functions together. A body works together. A body is in harmony together. When your hand hurts, what else hurts? The whole body. The whole body hurts. Uh, when, when somebody else sins, when your foot sins, I'm trying to think of something. When your eyes sin, what takes place? We see it in the Old Testament. The whole body is literally even affected by that. Um, how could a whole body be affected when everybody sin and when people, when people sin, Um, we see it consistently in pastors, pastors falling. If pastors fall sexually or they fall and have immorality that takes place, what takes place? It affects the whole body and even affects the reputation of the church. So what is our purpose? This passage is explaining we are a body, we are a unit, we function together, we love together, we hurt together, we walk together, we try to avoid sin together. We are a body that functions as a specific unit. Uh, We are a family. Church is called a family. 1 Peter 4, 17. Again, we're going through this fast. For it is time for judgment to begin with the family of God. Um, It's interesting that judgment will take place on those they're in the church. We will be judged for what we've done and what we did not. What we did not do. Um, it will be a healthy judgment um, in regards that we will have a just God, a righteous God, um, as He judges. But what He's doing, He's judging who the family, calling us all His family. Um, I want to be judged by my father. <laughs> I don't want to be judged. I'd rather be judged by my father that loves me rather than a judge that doesn't understand me, a judge that doesn't know me, a judge that really doesn't care um, specifically about me. We are judged by our Father that cares for us, dies for us, rose for us. It's, it will be, um, um, that's, who we're, that's who we're judged with of. Number C, um, church is called a flock. Acts twenty twenty eight. And I just want to refer you to the notes. We don't have all the scripture that is up there. We do have some scripture that is up there, but um, refer you to the notes because we're going fast. Be on your guard. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purposed with his own blood. What is a, a flock? Um, a flock is. We can just even look into the shepherd. It is a, a whole bunch of sheep that walk together, that talk together, that work together with the shepherd. Um, what does the shepherd do? The shepherd takes care, you know, specifically of the sheep. So we can see that picture that we are a flock of people, and even the shepherd in regards to this. We need to take care of the people inside of the church. What and with the price tag on us would be that uh, um, that um, that his blood purchased us. Uh, first Peter five two, shepherd the flock of God among you exercising oversight and not under compulsion. Church is also referred to as an army. Uh, we see that many times being soldiers of God. And then we also see all the way through the old Testament, um, of God is a God of war. And, um, and 2 Timothy 2.4 says, No soldier in act of service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Now, God in this verse is calling me a soldier, therefore calling the, search of, uh, the church of people as soldiers. Well, what does that mean? According to this passage, it says, There is things that are going to um, attack you in this world, There's things that are going to go after you in this world, and a soldier is one who stands up against it. Therefore, all of us are army. All of us are soldiers battling battling in the world. So number three, to understand the purpose of the church, look at the examples of Christ and the apostles in the church. Uh, What did Christ do? He set the foundation of the church. So let's just look at some passages that um, what was God's, Jesus' ultimate mission. One of his ultimate missions was to what? Teach, preach. They taught. And I put they taught because I'm lumping Jesus with the church that took place afterwards. You have Jesus in his ministry, and then you have Acts in their ministry. Jesus taught, and what did they do in Acts? They taught as well. But this is Jesus speaking. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release To the captives. Jesus is making his statement of what I am doing here. Um, It's interesting that uh, Jesus um, was God's only begotten Son. And what did God do? He made him uh, a preacher. What was his job? He was proclaiming, he was teaching, he was preaching. Do you think that if Jesus was doing this, that probably what's going to take place after he's gone is that there will be more preaching? Yeah, he's setting the foundation, and there definitely would be more preaching. Uh, Jesus served, and also we see served all the way through the book of Acts. The apostles completely served. Uh, Luke 4, and recovery sight to the blind, to set those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, completely served people all the way through, completely healed people. Even before he gave them the gospel, he would heal people, and then he would give them the gospel. So Jesus' heart was serving, And then all the way through the book of Acts, what do we see as well? Serving. Uh, Sacrifice. John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, than one who laid down his life for his friends. Who did that? Jesus did. Who also did that? The apostles did. What should we be doing? Laying down our lives, laying down our lives um, for each other. They witnessed. Uh, Now we're moving more out of what Jesus has done. We're moving right into the heartbeat of Acts. But God, the Holy Spirit, showed up in the book of Acts, and all of a sudden the church was launched, and the church takes off. And here's a passage that launches the church. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the er, remotest part of the earth. You are going to be witnesses, proclaiming um, the gospel that you have been given. Letter E, what did the church do? They took care of each other. And the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was his own, but all things were in common property to everybody. So the church took the responsibility to make sure that people inside the church um, were taken were taken care of and received what they needed to, um, uh, to even survive, re- survive on, this, on this earth. So if we did say the purpose of the church is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creatures, the point that I'm trying to make, would that mean that you take care of people as well in the church? See how we're trying to come up with an entire vision of the church. What else did the church do? They prayed together. These all with one mind were continually devoting themselves um, to prayer. Letter G, they met together, they ate together, they praised God together. There was this, this harmony that took place, there was this fellowship that took place, there was this body that took place that socialized, um, that had fun, that uh, were connected, that walked together, that talked together, that ate together, that shared communion together, that worked together. Um, all the way all the way through acts 2 46 day by day continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved so as they were doing this what was taking place people were attracted to it. Maybe the light of the world, maybe the salt of the earth, and as they were attracted to it, people's numbers were starting to add. Um, when we look at the church, what is our common denominator with a person that walks in the door that has nothing to do with church? Is our common denominator the Bible? Well, if that person's never seen a Bible, it's not necessarily a common denominator. Is our common denominator... The gospel? No, it's not. It's, I mean, that person's never even heard the gospel. Him and I are not connected. There's no, there's no, there's, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing there. Is our um, common denominator um, prayer? What is our common denominator of somebody that has never been through the doors of a church and then walks the doors of the church and then you face them in the foyer, there you are. What is your one thing that you have um, in common? Sinners is one. What's Even think of, what's one thing that he's starving for that we all starve for? He wants to be loved. <laughs> he wants to be, we have this um, so, so deep um, in, our, in our lives that we want to be loved, we want to be at rest, we want to have peace, we want to have those things, and people show up at church for that specific Reason that's what, they, that's what they want. So when somebody walks in the door and says, hey, let me tell you the gospel, that's what we're all about, would that person probably be almost resistant? They can be resistant. Why would they be resistant? Because our common denominator is not, is not the gospel. The common denominator is, I want to be loved, they want to be loved, and I know the ultimate love that I have received, and I want to show it to them, but I can't touch them until they are love, until I express uh, love, uh, love to them. I had a, um, an amazing uh, conversation with somebody um, last night. Um, he came to church um, about three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, and uh, he wanted nothing to do with God. He's one of those guys that, um, that um, rejected God his whole life. Um, I'm an atheist, and I'm a proclaimed atheist, and I'm from a family that is completely an atheist, uh, he Even says that you know my brother has you know Charles Manson tattoos. You know um, in that regard, making the statement that we want nothing to do with God. And he came to church um, wondering, desperate. Um, and when he showed up here, um, his needs were met, and it wasn't necessarily by us, but it was by God through us. And he said the words. Um, I, I told him he's going to preach a sermon. He said the words, um, I found God, almost in a sense that I walked off of a cliff. And when I walk off of a cliff, there's a freedom that I never have. There's a fear that has been released. There is a whole new perspective. And I don't even understand what I'm talking about. But there is a love I feel like that has embraced me. My kids are going to Sunday school. They're excited about it as well. And, and I tell you, that conversation was aggressive in my office because we were just laughing. We were excited. We were full of joy. I said, this is what pastors need. Somebody who finds salvation and responds to salvation. And sure enough, what was he talking about? I want to get baptized. I want to get everything I possibly can. We have a question right here, Rich. We can, we can ask the question. So it's coming. We want everybody to hear you, hear you, Dan. Yeah, we got a a mic coming. But see, that's what the gospel is all about. Somebody who has received the gospel and is a new creation. Uh, Here is somebody that has gone to church for three, four weeks. um, And I'll tell you, you can tell this guy has a sharp mind and uh, he read the whole Bible. So in three weeks, I just gone, I gone through it. He says Jeremiah it was long, Ezekiel, whoa. and but uh, when I got to the New Testament, it, it got it got a little bit better. And because um, uh, he wanted to know answers, um, so starving for answers. Um, go ahead, Dan. How did he get here? How'd I mean, he, he just
1: decided he wanted to walk in here and find out.
0: We didn't get that far. <laughs> I mean, he just showed up. He showed up, got yeah.
1: And just yeah. wanted to talk, to, talk. Yeah. That's amazing. That's great.
0: Yeah. He, um, yeah, um, I, don't, I, I didn't even ask him, how did you get here and those things? He found Jesus, and we couldn't get off that subject. But, um, yeah, he's, um, he showed up. Oh, that and, that's neat. And he says, I'm getting baptized, and I want to get baptized now. <laughs> and uh, we said, well, we can do it in July. We can, you know, those kind of things. It was, it was a great conversation. But uh, um, what do we have? We have the answer that everybody wants, and the answer is what? The answer is the answer is life. The answer is life. The answer is salvation. And um, and people walk in here are really really rough. And when people are walking really really rough, and they find salvation, it seems like they're the most hottest evangelistic person that's out there. Why? Because more grace, more joy, more happiness. The more grace that we see. We're going to talk about that next week perspectives on worship. The more grace we see that we have, the more excitement for Jesus that we have in regards, in regards to um, that. So what took place? The church met together, they ate together, they praised together, they praised together. There was just a church facility here. How did he get here? He showed up here. What did he find? He found God in the midst of it. He found God in the midst of it and has responded to God as a result. Number four, to understand the purpose of the church, look at the commands of Christ. Um, Whenever God gives a bold statement, a bold command, we definitely want to, um, listen, (laughs) Uh, we definitely want it to be a mark of the church. We almost want it to be an obsession in the church, and we'll proclaim that it is an obsession as a whole. Um, So what is some very, very strong commands that God made to us. In other words, you do this. Matthew 22, teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? And he said, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and foremost commandment. Um, that's a pretty strong statement wrapping up almost everything. So what is the mark of a church? We should love God with our heart, soul, strength, and mind. And then he gives us another commandment. The second is just like it. It's just like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And even the love that we have for God is the love that we have for our neighbor. In fact, we only love God as much as we love our neighbor. Here's a bold statement, a bold command. And I will tell you that there's not a lot of them by Jesus. There's not a lot of commandments that come down and say, You do this. This is one that if you're going to have a church, it better be a driving force of everything you do. Love God and love and love others. Here's another commandment that comes down pretty hard. Go into the world and preach the gospel to all creatures. Mark sixteen fifteen, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Command from God. If this is a command from God, and we are not preaching the gospel to everybody we come in contact, then really what's taking place is we're not functioning like a church ought to function. We're not functioning the way that we should be functioning. The other command, which is very, very strong, is... Make disciples. Make disciples. Matthew 28. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Another command that comes out pretty hard is letter D be a servant. Mark 10. Calling them to himself, Jesus said to them, "You know that those who are recognized as rulers and Gentiles lorded over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. But it is not this way among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be a servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be a slave uh, to all. So when you look at the marks of a church." Um, Those commandments should be at the heart of a church. Simple. Love your neighbor. Go into all the world. Make disciples. Be a servant. All those things um, are there and should be functioning inside the body of a church. So there is all the Scripture, and then when we, not all the Scripture, because there is so much more. I try to just touch the surface of, of, of some of the things that are going on in, in the Gospels and, and also in Acts, just to paint some sort of picture. But when we come up, what is the mission um, of the church? Um, let's look at it to break it down a little bit, just in four different areas. The mission of the church is to grow warmer in fellowship. Taking that commandment of God, we have to love one another. We have to love one another. You will know that you are my disciples if you do what? If you love one another. It has to be the heart. Remember what the common denominator is for everybody who walks in the door? It's not the Bible. It's not God. It is we both want to be loved. And if we do not love one another how would that person ever find out or see specifically what we're all about, about the love that we received? It has to be um, a driving dynamic um, of the church. Therefore, we are on a mission to do what? We must constantly grow warmer in fellowship, grow warmer in relationship, grow warmer in love, grow warmer in forgiveness, and giving people grace. What's the one thing that kills churches? Disunity. What happens with disunity? Gossip takes place. Malice takes place. Fighting takes place. And anybody that does not come to church on a regular basis can smell it in the air. If they show up in the church, it doesn't take them any long at all to sniff up a little bit. It says there's disunity in that body, and it is completely unattractive to a person that shows up. Pastor D has made um, it an ultimate thing that, in fact, what we say every week, we love you, we love you, we want to make that statement that this is where we're at as a church, because it carries a large, strong purpose, mission, everything that comes to the church, we've got to grow warmer in our love for each other. So sure enough, I rapped with the Rogue River last week. Who did I wrap with? I wrapped with my daughter, but I rapped with a whole bunch of church members. Why? Just a get to know Him more, just to be with Him, just to care about them, just to um, connect with Him, grow warmer um, in fellowship. Um, the other piece, um, mission of the church, would be the mission of the church is to grow deeper in discipleship. We've got to go deeper in making um, disciples. All the way through Scripture, you've noticed the passages, we cannot neglect this one. We cannot neglect training, teaching, accountability, all those things, because what are we doing? We're trying to build disciples for God, because when you have a disciple for God, you're going to have more converts. How? That person is going to bring somebody else to church, that person is going to witness in his job, that person is going to be more connected. We've got to train, the church's job is to train people um, um, up in the Lord. Um, Building disciples is an extreme factor, and if we drop it out of the church, then, um, then the church is really has really has lost a huge amount um, of its purpose. Last night, I um, had another couple come, a great couple, an older couple, um, and last week, they brought three people to church. Last night, they brought another person to church. And they said, we made a deal with this person. She goes to um, the Hub City, which is one of our daughter churches. They said, um, she goes to Hub City. We say we'll go to your church if you go to our church. just because we want to have that fellowship and that connection. But she's consistently, they're consistently talking about church with other people, anybody they come in contact with, consistently inviting people um, to, to church. What is that? A disciple that is moving forward that says, I love God. I found God, and I know what God's about. Let's carry this and that, and that's what was taking place. And then number seven, the mission of the church is to grow stronger um, in worship. Warmer in fellowship is our love for each other. Uh, stronger in worship is what? Is our love um, is our love for God. And the six-week series is all about this is where we need to grow stronger in our church is a direct focus on who God is, what he's done for us, and our love um, that, um, that he's given us in our response back to him. Um, if this is cut out, um, can a church be a church? Um, it would not be a church, because what happens when you look at the body, Christ, the head, would be taken out. And if Christ, the head, is taken out, the body's definitely completely entirely, entirely dead. And then, number eight, the mission of the church is to grow larger through evangelism. We have not only been given God, we have been given um, an assignment. And what is that assignment? To give other people God. See, this is God's plan to, to save the world. Christ laid the foundation by dying and raising again, and that is the source of salvation. But then he handed that message to his apostles. And the disciples. And we handed that message to us, there's a responsibility that is placed on us. And that responsibility is witnessing. That responsibility is taking that gospel forward to people. Therefore, it has to be a driving aspect um, of the church. It must be a foundational piece of the church. Preached, done, taught, motiv- encouraged to do, motivated to make happen, all those things have to take place in regards to evangelism. So there would be the um, four, and where do we get the four? We got the four through observing the entire New Testament. So it's not just one thing, go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creations. Well, if you don't love, then you really don't have a gospel to preach. If you're not going to train people to preach the gospel, you really have a whole bunch of people that don't know how to preach the gospel. It cannot be the, driving, the complete driving, the driving force. So, you can't just grab a hold of a passage and say, This is the driving force of the church. Look at the whole picture and then make the statement, This is what the church is all about. This is our mission. This is our drive. So, looking at these, um, and we'll talk a lot about Jefferson Baptist Church in the very last week and maybe even in the uh, second to last week um, in June. But um, looking at these, this is what drives us. We want to be warmer through fellowship deeper disciples, stronger worship, and larger evangelism. That's our narrow focus in what drives us um, as a body. That's why you'll get consistently, greet out in the foyer. Nobody will come to Jesus unless we greet out in the foyer. That's why you get consistently, tell your people about Jesus. That's why you get consistently, let's worship God. Those are it. Those are the only four that have taken place. Alright, so we'll open up for questions. It looks like we have time. Last week we didn't give any time, so we give more than ample time for questions in regards to um, the topic. And feel free to ask any questions about Jefferson Baptist or the church, whatever the Bible you know, says about it and those things. Where well, we got a mic- yeah, I was going to give you a microphone. Maybe I should just give you this and I should use that.
1: <laughs> you know, one of the things that I see now, how's that, is, is that... Uh, Know, you know the "I love you" part.
0: <laughs> we made fun of you last Who week. Who is
1: that back there?
0: Yeah, we did make fun of you last week. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Is that Francis back there <laughs> mouthing me?
0: Yeah, it is Francis. Yeah.
1: Anyway. Francis
0: is here. <laughs> yeah, there's one on your left and there's one behind you. <laughs>
1: I think, uh, I think the you know, I've always one thing I noticed at first was when D would get come out and say, "I love you." I think that's a big part of the church, and I think, I think. If I don't would hate to see us get away from that, I think that's so important in this church.
0: Speaking about people, you know, I'm just bringing up all the conversations that I had. um, We did a marriage retreat, and um, in our marriage retreat, um, the wife was coming to church on a consistent basis, and uh, the husband says, you know, I'm I'm not going to walk through the doors of a church. And uh, she goes, well, what about going to a marriage retreat? And he says, well, I'll think about that. And so uh, sure enough, they signed up, and uh, they came to the marriage retreat. And this guy, he's twice the size as me. I mean, he's just broad shoulders, just a big (laughs) logger, just a good, I mean, big guy. He comes to the marriage retreat, and we just hit it all off. We talked about logging. We talked about this and that and the other, and had a great, great weekend. And uh, two weeks later, he showed up in church. That was two weeks ago. He showed up um, at church, and um, I wrote him um, an email last week. And I just said, it's just so awesome having you here and those things. And he wrote me an email back, and he explained, I cannot believe just walking into a church, and I didn't feel judged. And he used the words, I felt connected, and I felt loved, and I'll be back. Um, so we all come into the door with something that we desperately, we desperately need. And I think that's why the heartbeat of our church must be, like you said, that love. And uh, he was here again this week, and um, he invited me and my wife out to dinner. So he's excited about it. So you come Saturday night, you'll notice him. He's a broad-shouldered, big guy. We like, I said, we like people like you. Nope, no beard. So he wouldn't mind me telling him on him. He's, he's, he's just a neat guy. But what does attract you to God? The things that attract you to God are love. That's what attracts you to God. What attracted people to Jesus? He loved people. And and that's what attracted. That's why everybody showed up. It's because he loved people. Oh, we got a question right back here.
2: It's not really a question. It's just really a conveyance of what's when someone finds Christ and they find a Lord that loves them so much and they come to that realization how much he gave up so that we might live <clears throat> Yeah. there's so much in that hmm. for one and someone to love me to go to a, a place in my heart and give me gratification not because of kindness everybody shares the different levels of kindness but there's really only one love and that comes from a passion that someone would have that moves and that is God Mm-hmm. God loved, loved us enough to make us yeah. and even though we have some bad things that happen to us to draw us away from say the church not really bad so bad but sometimes work draws us away from where mm-hmm. we should be mm-hmm. I just thank this body Of the men and women that uh, pull together to allow any soul that is searching to come in and find that kind of love, that kindness in love that abounds through that salt and the light that is so evident in this church. I thank each and every one of you, and hopefully, one day I'll get to shake each other's hands. Mm-hmm. And if
0: not today, tomorrow. Well, thanks. That's uh, the light of the world that the church must carry, that's the salt of the earth uh, that the church must carry. And uh, thank you very much for making that statement. Absolutely. It's our message. Again, you, next week's sermon I, I want to preach it to you right now the temperature of energy, is, the temperature of excitement for God uh, comes in the temperature of, um, of our perspective, the perspective of how, um, like you mentioned, unworthy we are, but how much grace we've received. It's a huge perspective that makes us hot if we look at the, the large piece of that perspective. You guys can get out of it early if you're not going to ask questions. Oh, Dan, you'll, you'll ask a question. What What's your shirt say? If prayed a crime, if prayer is a crime, then I'll do the time. That's good. If prayer is a crime, then I'll do the time. If you suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be afraid. First Peter 3.14. All right. Thank you, yeah.
1: Dan. Francis makes me wear that.
0: Yeah, Francis makes me wear that. Yeah, there there you go. That's good.
1: You know, it's it's not I think I think it's a lot to say for you for where you began and where you've got to now. Mm-hmm. It you're a blessing to us because we've saw you grow. Okay, and that's what we wanted to see, and we've seen you grow to where you are now. Mm-hmm. And the sky's the limit for you. We know that. And we're so glad you're here. Well, to uh, learn from D and and to take his place eventually. We know that's what you're, where you're headed. So you're a blessing to this church too. I just want you to know that.
0: Well, thank you, Dan. Um, <laughs> what's interesting is that, you know, is that you guys had to sacrifice for me. You guys had to love me. I get this comment. I don't know if it's a compliment or if it's a comment. Um, uh, com- it's supposed to be a compliment, but, you know, I kind of take it like, oh, that's, that's good. But, uh a comment that from many people, I used to not be able to stand, listen to you preach, but you 're getting really good <laughs> I'm like all right that 's that's, that's good, so I mean I take that as a, a compliment, but what it does it really takes it really takes um, it takes a body and a unit to be patient to walk, um, and it takes um, um, a pastor like d to throw a loser into position and let him fail. I mean, just in those regards. And be, right with, and be all right with that. And a body to be able to accept it as we just walk together for the purpose of, let's open up the word. I no, I I'm just bringing that up. No, no I, 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 no, I take it as a compliment. I do take it as a compliment. But um, I'm just saying that there's both sides. You've given me a great compliment. Um, and I, I thank you for that. But I would say that that compliment would not have been able to happen if people weren't patient, if people weren't loving, if the heartbeat of Jefferson Baptist was not there for the purpose of training up disciples and when I say me as a disciple if that was not taking place Um, if Pastor D did not push love for 40 years um, me stepping into a position that has a lot of people in it um, could have never happened because there's no there's no way to survive no way for me to survive that um, because what takes place is often there's a lot of um, agendas that come up in church when you work with a lot of people there's minds there's opinions there's uh, strong passions and um, and so if there is a transition that takes place those minds those strong passions do what they begin to rise and they begin to rise very hard and uh, um, very fast. And um, one thing that does not take place successfully in our world, almost in any business or in anything, is transitions. And, um, and Pastor D has really made the foundation for 40 years and a, a, a strong statement of transition. And that's the only reason anything could ever take place like that. And I'd really go back to the mission of the church is got to hang on to these things for that purpose. So... But I do take it as a compliment. I just had to, I just had to bring it up. It's just, it's just kind of fun to, to think about because I would want to say that this body is the most amazing body in the world. I would never, um, you know, Pastor D says, I'll never leave this church. Well, well, me neither. <laughs> because he's an awesome body.